Well, welcome again to Rise Church. We're so glad that you joined us online today. My name is Jason, and I am the executive pastor here, and I get the honor of starting out our best of 2020 uh, five on five today. One of the things we always encourage you to do is to try us out three times. Pastor Aaron says that every week, try us out three times. So we're glad that you joined us online. Maybe you'll join us online again. Maybe you'll be able to be here in, in person and join us. And the series that I'm going to be sharing uh, with you today one of my favorite moments from the year 2020 was our series In God We Trust. It was a short series, but it was a good one. And the foundation verse for this series was found in Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3 verse 5, and it says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. What a great verse for us in 2020. I don't know about you, but 2020 did not go the way that I thought it would. And maybe you're struggling with the question, can I trust God? Is God able to be trusted? Because the circumstances of life and the disappointments of life have caused me to not be able to trust God. And maybe it's a person that hurt you, disappointed you, discouraged you, lied to you, let you down. And that's causing you to wonder, can I really trust God? And what we talked about in that series is we can trust God. And the way that we can get back to trusting God is by asking a couple questions. And one of those is, is God good? It's a great question for us to ask ourselves. We can see in his word that he is good. And the way that we really know he is good is by asking that second question that I have. And that is, is, has God been good to me? So is God good and has God been good to me? Ask yourself that. Is God good and has he been good to me? And you may say, well, no, 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 I don't believe that he has been good to me. Well, we need to stop and take inventory of our lives. Just like the, the, the Hebrews in the Bible, when they spoke about trusting God, it wasn't a blind trust. When they spoke about trusting God, it wasn't based on just this blind hope and faith that, that, that God could be trusted. They built their trust on God's reputation. You look throughout the Hebrew Bible and the scriptures, and they talk a lot about reminding yourself what God had done. Reminding yourselves, having constant reminders that God can be trusted, that he has a reputation of being trustworthy. And when I struggle with thinking God cannot be trusted, I have to stop and remember, he sent his son. We're celebrating at the tail end of Christmas here, and we're going into the new year, but let's not just move past Christmas and forgot. forget that he has sent his son for us as that baby but he grew up and he died for us. He sent his Holy Spirit to us. That, that would be a comforter is what Jesus said. He would be a comforter to us. He gave us his word. How good is his word in encouraging us in our lives and reminding us that we can trust him? But personally in your life, I stop and I think about myself of how I can just look back at the blessings of God, how I can trust him. I can look at my wife, how he brought this wonderful woman in my life. It's a blessing. I can trust God. When I look at my kids and the blessing they are to me, I can say God can be trusted. When I look at my, my church family here, I can look and say I am blessed and God can be trusted. When I look at all the people who have encouraged me, when I, when I remember that I've prayed before God 
And he's answered those prayers. I can say, God can be trusted. When I, when I remember that, that when I was discouraged, God sent someone to encourage me, I can, I can encourage myself and say, God can be trusted. And thing after thing that I can remind myself and story after story in my life, like even just coming to be a part of this church family and, and, and selling our dream home uh, there in the Midwest and, and, and just wondering how was that going to go. We had just bought it and, and turning around and selling it and, and just trusting God that he said to go to San Antonio. And when my wife and I and our family did that, within one day, we received an offer over the asking price of the house we were selling. We were so worried that it wasn't going to happen. But when we trusted God, because we looked back and said, God can be trusted. He, he has proven himself time after time after time after time in our life. And so I encourage you, in your life, if you're asking yourself, can God be trusted? Answer those questions. Is, is he good? And has he been good to you? And remind yourselves of when he has been good to you. Well, I want to, uh, at this time, turn it over to another one of our speakers today. And, and our, our next speaker is named Carlos. And Carlos is a great part of our team. He's on our worship team. But I got the just privilege way back at the beginning of this year uh, to have Carlos in my small group and to get to know him better. And here's the thing I know about Carlos. He is a man after God's own heart. He has a great testimony of, of God working in his life. And he's just a person that I love to be around. So uh, would you welcome uh, to the stage uh, to, to share right now, Carlos, as he comes and shares his favorite part of 2020. Thank you, Pastor Aaron. Uh, Pastor, <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Jason. Um, it was an important piece of this year to listen to the sermon series. Uh, this specific sermon series was actually the Unshakable Faith series. And specifically, the one that spoke to me more into my life was the unshakable faith, how to have unshakable faith. And I recall just at the beginning of March how things were just kind of turning on a new point, right? The virus coming out, uh, the uncertainty of things, uh, the media lashing out, all these different reports and unknown numbers. And of course, it just raising the fear and the fear for people. Um, it affected me personally, of course, because I started to think, well, how does that affect me? How does that affect my family? How does that affect my job? And so forth. And that fear just began to grow to the point that I started feeling just really stressed all the time. And I remember when Pastor Aaron was uh, preaching this series, he actually mentioned um, that for us to get through the storms, we're going to need faith. We're going to need to stand on faith. And Pastor Aaron did a great example and by showing us the story of Peter as Peter is actually walking on water when Jesus calls him out of the boat. And, of course, Peter's walking. And, of course, just because of the, the sound of the waves, the storm, and the fear that he had at that moment, he lost focus. He lost focus of his faith in Jesus Christ. And what happened was he begins to sink. When Pastor Aaron mentioned that moment, I remember sitting uh, in my chair and I was just starting to think, well, how am I like Peter? Where am I sinking? What's distracting me from keeping my focus on Jesus Christ? And at that moment, I started reflecting on different things. And of course, I had to take certain steps. So one of the first steps was stop looking at the media. Stop looking at the news. Stop listening to all that fear-driven information that was coming into my life. And one step that I took was deleting Facebook. I know that's probably a shock to most of you guys, but it was deleting Facebook 
uh, getting off of that platform and actually focusing all that time that I was doing uh, on that social media into the Word of God. And how can I actually feed my faith by reading the Word of God? Another step that I took was actually to spend more time in prayer. Spend more time in prayer with God instead of the fears in my head, instead of listening to the thoughts and, and thinking of things that were going to happen or what could if. I said, you know what, I'm going to shut them off and just focus on praying and spending my time in prayer to God. And actually doing those things was starting to help me even feel more peace in my heart. But the one step that I took was one of the ones that Pastor Ann actually mentioned, which was to uh, understand and know that God is sovereign. And, and knowing that God is sovereign was basically in translation to God is in control. So once I started doing those things and actually applying all those steps into my life, I actually started seeing how my faith was starting to grow. I started to have more faith in God. I said, you know what, God, you're in control. This is, this is all up to you. I'm not going to have any fear, and I'm just going to you know, move forward in my life. Little did I know that throughout the rest of the year, things like losing a family member, um, you know, losing my job, uh, finances kind of taking a hit, and even to the point of, you know, even some friends and family being affected by the co- you know, coronavirus, um, I didn't expect any of that. But knowing that at the beginning of all this, God was already trying to have me focus on my faith actually helped me to have my trust and my faith be stronger in those times where I wasn't actually afraid or even worried or stressed, but I left it in God's hands. And just throughout the whole time, just growing in my faith and understanding, um, I honestly saw that God was sovereign and God was in control. And I recall one of the verses that helped me as I was, you know, going to God's word and, and digging in deep was found in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 16, verse 13. And I hope it encourages everybody this morning, but it says, um, be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous and be strong. Thank you, Carlos. I hope you're giving him a round of applause there at home for that great word of unshakable faith. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, next up, uh, we have a, a lady in our church who is, I, I really look at her as a mother of the house. In other words, she is just, uh, as we call our church a spiritual family, and she is a spiritual mother uh, to many. Uh, I see her just loving on uh, young ladies all the time. She's a part of our worship team also. So will you just, at home there, welcome Robin as she comes and shares her favorite moment from 2020. Thank you, Robin. Thank you, Pastor Jason. I um, have heard so many great messages every year we hear from our pastoral staff. And, you know, one of my favorite, I guess, parts of the series was the Jonah series. And uh, because it really spoke to me and it revealed a part of myself that I really didn't want to see. But I had to be honest with God and with myself. And Uh, when I began to think about this series, you know, it was talking about God's compassion and his love for us and for others. And I, you know, whenever I think about this series, every message that I would hear, I would hate to, you know, I would hate to admit that I oftentimes felt just like Jonah, angry and maybe resentful at times that God loved my enemies or that he would love those who, in my, my opinion, didn't deserve his love, as if I was any different and I deserved God's love. But I began to think about that, and as I, I learned through that series that we are all runners, 
in some way. It could be maybe in our relationship with God or in our willingness to even trust God. And I learned that we also, uh, there's always going to be an opportunity that will come along that will uh, distract us, that will uh, make it easy and convenient for us to do just the opposite of what God wants us to do. And that when we run from God, we not only endanger ourselves, we also endanger all of those around us. And I began to think about a time in my life, looking back, I didn't realize it then, but I can see now that I fit that description. I was a runner. You know, I've been raised up in ministry all of my life. I grew up as a preacher's kid, and I felt called to ministry at a young age. I eventually got married, and I became a pastor's wife. But, you know, life happened, and I got hurt. And I experienced a broken marriage, and I began to wonder, okay, now what? I didn't know what to do. I even began to think at one point that I don't even know if ministry is for me anymore because I really don't fit the profile of ministry being a divorcee. And I wondered, where's my place now? How can God even use me? And I became disillusioned and angry at those who hurt me. And I didn't want God to love them. I only wanted God to judge them. And that anger and that resentment began to rub off on all of those who surrounded me and supported me and sympathized with me. And maybe you're watching right now, and you may realize, I feel the same way, or I have felt the same way. And I just have come to realize, maybe your story is different, but those feelings and those attitudes are the same. But I've come to realize that those events that disrupt our lives, that change everything for us, that make us take our focus off of the calling and the purpose that God has for us, if we're not careful, we can begin to wallow in self-pity self, uh, and anger, and we, we become resentful and hateful. And it's those times that we have to be careful that we don't begin to tell ourselves, you know, it doesn't matter if I quit. I'll just do something else with my life because this, this disappointment, this hurt has just changed everything. And we may be like Jonah, and we want to throw in the towel and say, you know what, just throw me overboard. I don't even care anymore. We may come to that point in our life, but God has a plan and a purpose, and his love and compassion can reach to us even when we're disillusioned like that. And, you know, Pastor Aaron, you know, sometimes even we prefer to let our dreams die, those the calling die, rather than to follow after God. And Pastor Aaron made a statement in that first message of the series, and he said, it, you may think it's for your destruction, talking about God's intervention in our life, you know, that fish that swallowed Jonah, those detours that derail our life and, and redirect us, those storms that rock our world, those, uh, those times of discipline that we have to experience, that, that, uh, that drawing that won't let us go, we sometimes will just forget everything that God's done, and we think it's for our destruction. But he went on to say, it's actually for your salvation. God's love, his intervention is not meant to 
pay you back. It's meant to bring you back. And just to know, that was such a powerful statement to me, just to know that God's love and compassion reaches through our mess and he draws us back and restores us and brings us back to the purpose for which we're called. And so has my life changed? Yes. Am I still in ministry? Yes. It's different than it was before, but it's just in a different capacity. But I know that God still has a plan. He still has a place, a purpose, and a calling for my life. And he has the same plans for you as well. And I know in Jeremiah 29, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. I've learned that I can trust God because he never fails me and his promises are true. So in closing, I want to leave you with a phrase from a song that says, when you don't understand, when you don't see his plan, when you can't trace his hand, trust his heart. God is faithful. He is compassionate. And we don't have to see the plan or even understand, but we can trust the heart of God and know that we can cling to the scripture in Psalm 138.8 that says, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Thank you, Miss Robin. Thank you for sharing that great, encouraging word to us there from that Jonah series. Well, up next, uh, we have a, a, a young man who has uh, been with me for years. When I say been with me, he was once my intern uh, uh, and came for a summer to be a part of an internship that we did. And we loved him so much uh, that we kept him there. And uh, he eventually followed me here to San Antonio, just felt a connection to Pastor Aaron and our team and the vision of Rise Church. So he moved his family here out of obedience. And uh, would you welcome Ben to the stage as he's going to share uh, his favorite moment from 2020 with us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The Let's Talk Family series uh, really spoke to me in a significant way. And it's a series all about family, and there's always a little bit more that I could probably learn when it comes to family. Pastor Aaron brought the truth. That he said, God has a design for your family, that he designed it in a certain way, that he designed your family to win in the home. And he presented this question, what does a winning family look like? A winning family looks like a group of flawed humans learning to love God, and leading the world to love God. That we have a role, and we, have, we should have a game plan for our family, and that it sh our role and our game plan should point to God, to the love of God. And it really challenged me on how I look at family. Family has always been really important to me, and I think we can all relate because we're supposed to sacrifice for our family. But there's a problem. When we make that sacrifice, are we taking the time to include God in that sacrifice, in our plan? Actually, this verse uh, explains it perfectly. Proverbs 19.21, it says, Many are the plans in the mind of a man, woman, son, daughter, mom, dad, Many are the plans in the mind of a man. But the, plan, or the purpose of the Lord will stand. 
And I like to change words out to help me have a better understanding. That word purpose in the Hebrew, it could be replaced with the word counsel. The counsel of the Lord will stand. The advisement of the Lord will stand. The plans of the Lord will stand. My expectations, I have expectations when I go into my plan. But there's this thing called reality, and reality likes to beat it up, messy it up, dirty it up, throw it on the ground, step on it a few times. Reality is actually not too kind to us. But the plans of the Lord will stand, and it will stand strong. I've been married for two years now, and what I expected going into it is actually not what's happened. There's a lot I have learned. And leading up to our wedding day, my wife, my amazing wife, and I had a plan. We had a plan. More so, she had a plan. And I was just ready there to execute the plan. She had a place for uh, where we're going to take pictures. She had, uh, uh, she had a place, not just for where we're going to take pictures, but where we're going to stand. And she had where we're going to go get our manicures. That's right. I got a manicure. It's okay. Now, uh, my plan was a little bit more simpler. My plan was simple. Get married, have a great life. That was my plan. But after all the celebration and all the fun, you start to learn your wife, your significant other. You start to learn what makes them tick. And I did not know going into it that my wife likes to move in her sleep. It's true. I didn't know I had to defend myself at night while she is hitting me when I tried to get some rest. <sighs> if I knew that going into it, I would have planned better. I would put up some defense, some wall. I would have wrapped her up in a burrito. I would have done those things. I remember this night, especially the first night, because I slept on the floor because I couldn't handle it. And she wakes up and is like, Ben, where are you? And I'm just on the floor telling her that she moves in her sleep. It was not only a surprise to me, it was a surprise to her. She didn't even know she did it. See, my expectation, my plan was simple. It was simple. Have a great life. Get married. Have a great life. And you replace me with you. Go to school. Have a great life. Find the right job. Have a great life. Find the right person. Have a great life. When I include God in the decision making. You know what he does? He reveals his purpose for you. He reveals the plan. Guess what? God can see the entire picture for your life. He knows what's coming up. And when, he, when you go to him, he's revealing it to you. So my question to you is, have you taken the time to include God in the game plan for your family? Have you put aside your expectations for God's purpose? expectations are natural. They're okay. But God has a purpose for you, and he wants to reveal that to you. The Let's Talk Family series really does a great job on helping us take steps into including God into our family. And my hope for this life-giving church is that we put aside our expectations for God's purpose, and maybe, just maybe, we can show our world what loving God really looks like. Thank you, Ben. Great word, great word. Thank you from that. Uh
the family series, Let's Talk Family, that we did this year. Uh, our last uh, of our five-on-five that we have here is Tabby, and you all know Tabby if you're around Rise Church. She makes stuff happen around here, uh, but she's a phenomenal leader, a phenomenal communicator uh, beyond that. She, she does so much here, I couldn't really uh, tell you it all because we're trying to do five-on-five, and I don't want to take five minutes just to explain everything that Tabby does because I, I can't even do it in five minutes. But would you welcome Tabby to the stage as she shares her favorite moment from 2020 with us. Thank you, Pastor Jason. Well, 2020 has been uh, something for sure. And um, a, serv- a sermon series that Pastor Aaron did at the very beginning of uh, 2020 was the Who Am I series. And what a timely series it was because um, if I hadn't heard this message before all of everything happened, I think that I would have had a whole lot of a harder time. He talked about who am I when I don't measure up. Now, I don't know about y'all, but here's the thing. I have heard of parents that are full-time, they're going full-time jobs, then they became stay-at-home parents while working full-time jobs. Then, on top of that, they became homeschooling parents on top of stay-at-home parents on top of working a full-time job. And I know, at least for me, when all of this hit, I had to learn how to do things brand new, so different. Nothing looked the same. And I tend to deal with something um, on, a, on the regular. I tend to deal with feeling like a failure. And so this message was so timely. Who am I when I don't measure up? Who am I when I feel unqualified? And I have felt unqualified so often since all of this hit. But Pastor Aaron said something in this message, and it was so good. He said, you do not put your security in something that can't sustain it. You don't put your security in something that can't sustain it. The only thing that you should be putting your security in is God. That's where you should be putting it. The word says this in 2 Corinthians. It says, such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God. Our sufficiency is from God. Mistakes will happen. Pandemic happens. And when that happens, we need to remind ourselves that God is sufficient, not us. It's not in our own strength. It's in his strength. And I just want to encourage you all to carry that with you for the rest of this year and into 2021, that God is sufficient. It's not your strength. It's his strength. Thank you, Tabby, for that great word. We see a theme throughout each one of these messages of trusting God and having that unshakable faith and not running from God's purpose and been talking about the plan of God and and, and finding our sufficiency in God. What if God was using 2020 to get your attention? What if? He wanted to grab our attention. Not saying he caused any of this to happen. I don't believe that. That doesn't line up with the character of God. But what if, after all this, does God have your attention? Does God have your heart? 
Are you paying attention? What would it take then? What would it take? 